when we think of kingdom or of dominion, again, we often think of location. Now, this is correct, and we must remember and never forget that Jesus Christ is Lord over uh, all the places where he rules. As Jesus instructed his disciples on how to pray, he said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it what? Is in heaven. Uh, is, is heaven only one location in a particular plane in the place that we can't see? No, heaven is everywhere that God is, and where is God? God is everywhere. So it is true that God's kingdom is location-based to a large extent. But the kingdom of God also refers to an action, a person, or the condition of one's soul. In fact, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21 says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So what Jesus was also saying, uh, that the kingdom of God is not only in heaven and on earth, uh, Jesus also says the kingdom of God is that very place where he is. So scripture tells us where there are two or three gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. So uh, that means that uh, not only is Jesus in the midst where there's two or three gathered, that also tells us that the kingdom of God is also present. In the end, all of this represents the domain in which our Lord God exists in the domain in which the human race is supposed to serve and exist in obedience and in harmony with our Lord. That domain is the place also where Adam was supposed to serve and Adam was supposed to exist also in harmony with the Lord here on earth. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Now if you have not, if you're not familiar with this particular message, I would tell you to go back and listen to part 1. It'll help to prep you for what you're about to hear now. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. God created us with work in mind. 
God created us with work in mind when God formed you in the womb of your, your mother, that he created you uh, with work in mind, not only to glorify him, not only in purpose of, uh, of worshiping uh, God himself, but he also created us with work in mind. In Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, and keep it. So God created mankind out of the dust of the ground. He breathed life into him and made him in his own image. And then after he brought him to life, he said, Adam, it's time to go to work. So if God uh, created Adam, Adam wasn't just hanging out you know, uh, playing video games all day long. From the very beginning, God created mankind, women, children, for work. Hmm. As we heard last time, that dominion, that it requires not only image, but dominion also requires work. That if you are going to be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman or a kingdom child, you must also work. We've already established the fact that the Lord God created Adam and established him on this earth as his co-regent, as a, a king, in other words, of this place. We found out that work is not a curse. I know that uh, when you go to work, sometimes it may feel like a curse, don't it? After those folks uh, keep getting on your nerves and after you have to do some things or ask to do some things uh, that you don't want to do and when you don't want to get up on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday morning, a work does not always feel like a blessing, does it? Sometimes when you even think about work, your brain just goes, ooh, ooh on the inside because you don't even want to think about it. I remember years ago when I was uh, teaching uh, elementary school. I loved teaching. I loved teaching. It was like all the other stuff outside the, the classroom would drive me crazy. So when I used to teach year after year after year, I was excited about the kids, right? But then when the back-to-school programs would come on at the end of July, and my stomach would go, I would go in the inside, I'm like, uh, can they not wait until like at least one week before school to start airing these things? Because now I'm thinking again about all this stuff I got to do and all these crazy folks that I got to deal with. Sometimes work Whatever that means to you, whatever situation that you are involved in, it becomes a chore to us. And again, I wonder whether or not if, as we consider Adam, was working a, a chore for him? Was this a struggle that he had day in and day out, or did he receive much pleasure in it? Well, I'd like to believe that Adam did receive pleasure, amen? Amen. And the reason I can say that Adam received pleasure in it because the fall had not yet happened. 
uh, that he uh, was not working his, uh, the, the bones off of his finger or the skin off of his flesh because the earth was yielding all that it was supposed to do with a measure of ease. You say, well, okay, well, if, if all my work yielded uh, its, all of its fruit with ease, then I would probably enjoy it even more. But you know what? I know some of you. And I know some of you, even if it's easy, you say, man, I don't want this job because what? It's just driving me crazy because it's too easy. If it's too hard, it can be difficult for some people. If it's too easy, it can be difficult for some people. But where is the middle ground? And I believe Adam, he had that middle ground and without complaint. Because he knew who he was. He knew why God had created him. And he stood strongly in that. And there was nothing interfering between him and the job he had to go to day in and day out. But next we move on. To Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, where we hear the Lord God speak about the condition of Adam. The condition of Adam. Did Adam have any type of emotional issues? Genesis 2:18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit. For him in verse 18. Now this right here is the, uh, a seminal passage to the point that will be made in this message today. Here we find out that a man is a man is Adam. A man is a man is Adam. First the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Uh, again, now we know uh, that the name Adam, uh, it can also be translated as the word for man here in the Old Testament. They are the one. So when you see the word Adam, the word Adam means man. And when you see the word man, uh, the word man is Adam. They are interchangeable. As an example, in Genesis 2.20 it says, But for Adam... There was found no helper fit for him. Or you can say, uh, but for man, there was found no helper fit for him. However, uh, here in Genesis 2.18, it demands that we translate it as the man and not as Adam because the article, the word the, is present to say the man. So I guess we could say, here in 2.18, then the Lord God said it is not good that the Adam should be alone, but to our ears, that would sound too, too strange. So Adam was man of very man. He was God. He was who God created him to be through and through without, without excuse. Adam, man, didn't need anyone to teach him how to be a man. How is that? Adam didn't need anyone to teach him how to be a man. Why? Because he was made in God's image and he could not even uh, phantom the idea of any other possibility. Being made in God's image meant not only that he was a man, but that he was a man with responsibilities and not just male by birth. That he was a man and he had a job to do. So here, Adam, 
Uh, the Scripture says in 2.18, It is not good that Adam or the man should be alone. The question that we should ask ourselves is simply this. Was Adam alone or was Adam lonely? What is the Scripture saying? What is our understanding of this passage? Many have uh, posited the idea that what it means is that Adam was lonely. That deep down inside, he had this desperate need of having someone that he could hang out with. That Adam was moping around, God, you put me here, it ain't nothing to do, and now I'm bored, ain't nobody I can talk to. Uh, and that he was beginning to move into this depressed state because he was lonely. No, that's not what the Scripture means, and that's not what the Scripture says. There is a difference between being alone and being lonely. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Uh, being alone means you're by yourself, right? In other words, you are in a location or doing a particular job all by yourself. There are no other human beings around or no other human beings willing or there to help you to do what needs to happen. That's what being alone, uh, talking about you are by yourself. And with this idea, there's no qualification. And nothing else to be said other than Adam was not in the presence of another human being. Period. Now, on the other hand, can we honestly say that Adam was alone? Can we honestly say that? And I mention that because the Lord was always with him. Amen? Don't we always say that? You know, Lord, you're all that I need. Some scripture says that you are the air that I breathe. And all that other stuff, right? Uh, but uh, the idea is that are we truly alone if God is with us? And the answer is no, we're never alone. We're never by ourselves because we know that the Word of God says that He will never leave us, nor what? He's always there. He says there in uh, Matthew 28 that I will be with you all the way to the end of the age, he says that. So God says that he's with you, he's with you, he's with you. So we should never be alone. So how could the Lord God mention then that it was not good for Adam to be alone if he's always with him? Psalm 139.7 says, the psalmist says, Where? Shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? Well, uh, number one, the Lord God, He created us with fellowship with other people in mind in the first place. As Adam was naming all the animals, he probably made one important observation. Right? Every creature had a mate except for him. Genesis 2.20 the man gave names to all livestock, and to the birds of the heavens, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Uh, Adam uh, is not credited as saying this in Scripture, but Scripture, as it represents the mind of the Lord, it gives us insight into the situation of Adam, and Adam was alone. 
As with the other creatures, uh, the Lord did not create us to be lone rangers on the range of the earth. That God did not create us to be lone rangers. In other words, God did not create us because He had nothing better to do. Because if we were to say that, that God was bored so He created all the things that exist, then what we would say is that God lacked something. And if we say God lacks anything, uh, then the implication is that He is less than God. And God is not less than God, uh, therefore He doesn't lack anything, therefore God was not bored. But He created us, He created everything for His own good pleasure. Having said all of that, Adam was still not lonely, but Adam, he was alone. So what then is the big deal, you say, right? What's the big deal? Well, remember that the Lord created humankind uh, in, to be in fellowship with others. And again, this does not make us lonely. Uh, God has uh, authorized Adam to have dominion over all the earth. Again, this is something that I want to drive home to all of us here in this place today, that God has authorized and created us to have dominion over all the earth. And again, Genesis chapter 1, 26. Here it is again. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over. And you know the rest of the story. Genesis 1, 26. When there is dominion, there is also work to do. There can't be authority without the ability to exercise that authority in some way. Right? If God gives you the authority, and you're the only one in the room with you, who does he give you authority over? Nobody but yourself. But there's really no real way to exercise that authority over others. But God created mankind with the ability to subdue or to have dominion over some others. And in this case, it was over all creation that existed on the earth. So how did Adam begin to express his authority? And you know it by naming the animals. And then by working and cultivating the ground and taking care of it. But the question is, and, and by the way, if you're wondering, well, where is he going with all this? I am going somewhere. There are lots of animals and plenty of land to manage. So how could Adam accomplish this all by his lonesome? How could Adam accomplish this all alone? God said in verse 18 there, it is not good. That man should be, what? Alone. Even created in a perfect environment, it was not good for Adam to try to do all the work himself. Else he would work himself to a frazzle. Work himself to the grave, if it was possible. So it is not that it was good that Adam was alone, because it was good that Adam would even attempt to accomplish all of it alone. So Adam, he looked at the task before him. He says, I got to get to work. I got to get to work. He was not concerned about who was there. God had empowered him to go to work, and he went to work. He had a responsibility, and he went to work. 
There was not another person as his overseer over him telling him, you know, Adam, you know you got up two minutes late yesterday. So today, Adam, we need for you to get up on time. As a matter of fact, Adam, we need for you to know that 15 minutes early, that's on time. That at 6 o'clock in the morning, that's not on time. But 5.45, that's on time. So Adam, get up out of the bed and get to work. Adam didn't need that. But we need it, don't we? We need our smart watches with an alarm, our smart phones, and then some of us still can't get out the bed. I guess maybe it's right. Maybe the watch and the phone and the tablets and the computer, all that's smart, and we're the ones that's dumb. Maybe that's the implication that uh, the technology companies are saying, that those things are smart and we are the ones that's dumb. So therefore, if you buy this, then that makes you smart. Maybe. So Adam, he didn't need all that. He didn't need a supervisor. Because he knew he had dominion. He knew that God had called him into this environment to get to work. So, as an example, you could have a house. Let's say that you lived in a house all by yourself. And that house had 30 bedrooms, 20 bathrooms, swimming pool, yard work, Regular maintenance, you know, checking the water, making sure that you change out certain things, the screens and, and keeping the windows clean inside and out and mopping the floor of a house with 30 bedrooms and 20 bathrooms and a, a pool and yard and all this stuff. You could do it, couldn't you? Some people said, no, I couldn't. But it's not good for you to do all that work alone. You know, sometimes I wonder, I say, you know what, we, should, we probably should just get a house like a, a, a kitchen, a bathroom, maybe a living room, and maybe cots on the floor. And that's all we need because the rest of this is nothing but more work, you know? You could move a 25-foot ladder by yourself, but it's smarter to use, have a second person to help you. So in exercising his dominion, the man could not go it alone by himself. He needed help in exercising dominion over all the Lord called him to do if he were to walk in total obedience. So in other words, if I'm going to get all of this work done, God says that you need help. Dominion requires work, and work requires certain realities. The need of Adam is the need of us. The need of Adam is the need of us. Again, Genesis chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. What's next on the work schedule? Notice what Scripture says after Adam was accomplishing the work of naming the animals. It says this, after he had accomplished the work of naming the animals, but for Adam, there was not found a helper, what? Fit for him. 
Again, this does not deal with loneliness or aloneness per se. Yet some of us uh, like to deal with the idea of loneliness because we are not in fellowship with other people. So we read that into this. But if you are lonely, know that God loves you. Amen? And that God is with you if you are experiencing this sense, this emotional sense that you are by yourself and you need someone, God says first, seek me out. Seek me out first. Adam was here not desperately seeking Susan, but instead was following directives to complete the work concerning kingdomness or dominion. His first directive was to be fruitful and to multiply. Genesis 1.28, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. As Adam saw the animals roaming the earth, it was easy to see how they could be fruitful and multiply. Amen? For every male animal, there was a female. For every rooster, there was a hen. For every stallion, there was a mare. For every bull, there was a cow. Even Mr. Monkey had Mrs. Monkey. But there was no Mrs. Adam for Mr. Adam because he was alone. So how could it be possible that Adam could be fruitful and multiply if he's all by himself? He can't achieve that goal alone. If he was to be fruitful and multiply, a female counterpart was required in order to make that happen. And can you men say amen? Amen. amen. Come on, y'all. But the second directive was having dominion over the earth, even as he was to work and cultivate the ground. Again, 128 in Genesis, and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and so on and so forth. If the Lord created Adam in some perfected state, then why uh, would he even need help in that dominion? Well, God created us with the idea of uh, even having certain limitations, and, and one of those limitations, we'll talk about the other one a little bit later, but one of those limitations was in the area of dominion and work in which we are not created in order to go it alone. It's simply put that we were not put here to be by ourselves to get all the work done alone. Well, it is now obvious that dominion was contingent. So to have dominion and subdue the earth, it was contingent upon another person being around to help. The Lord God knew this, but I'm not sure if Adam did. Maybe he did look at the animals. There was one, then there was another, and they worked together. And you know, some men think that work is something only they do. Did you know that? But they insist that their wives stay at home forever. Right? Some women insist that, you know, only my husband is supposed to work and not me. Right? But the Lord created, what does the scripture say? It says that, but there was no helper fit for him, fit for him to do what? Let's try it again, okay? I think some people got it, but some didn't. Scripture says that there was no helper fit for him to do what? 
work. I know some of you are saying, you keep talking about work. You're trying to get us back to work, thinking about work. We come to church just to get away from it. I think all that the Lord requires of us is to have a change of attitude about how we view work. Right? And that we should view work as a blessing and not a what? Curse. And so we should be going to work high telling it in. Glad to be there. Amen. As a matter of fact, what I want you all to do tomorrow morning, I want you to call one of your coworkers and have them uh, take uh, a phone or something in the video. And what I want you to have, or what I want you to do, I want them to record you as you're walking into the building, right? And I want to see you walking into the building high telling like this with a smile on your face, right? And then I want you to send that video to me and say, Pastor Spencer, work is a blessing. Don't you see me coming in with joy into my job? And then you put a, a, a message on there that, see, uh, that says, uh, this is a blessing, So now we see this much clearer in Genesis 2.20. How Adam was there. For Adam there was not found a helper that was fit for him. Again, did you see that? And did you hear it? After Adam completing one aspect of work, he still needed help. So, guys... It's not wise, and by guys I'm speaking of men, that you should be at home unless you're working at home while your wife is out working every day. And you're at home doing nothing. Or for that matter, vice versa is also true. Therefore, women, that does not mean that you are to do nothing while your husband goes out to work. That the reason that God created you guys, the reason why you have come together was to work. I think I, mean, I may need to add that into uh, when I, next time I marry each other. I need to tell, uh, to, to tell a guy, uh, do you promise to work? <laughs> and tell the woman, do you promise to work? So not only is Ephesians 5, 22-33 correct, that a marriage represents uh, the relationship between Christ and his church, true, but marriage also represents the dominion that we are supposed to have on this earth. So look, if it's not together, get it together, get your minds right, get your attitude right, and work together. Well, what does this mean? Well, what does this mean, right? Does this mean whatever my husband does, that I'm supposed to do that as well? Well, no. Oh, your husband, he can uh, uh, be a garbage truck disposal guy, right? And you can be someone who bakes at a grocery store, right? But the idea is that what we have with us, that we have the Word of God with us, and we'll continue not only to manage and to steward this earth, but also spread the news of God's goodness all over the place that we have been called to implement God's plan on this place and on this planet. Again, it's very interesting that God says that I will make a helper fit for him. The word help, it's, it's the word 
uh, Azar in the Old Testament. For instance, when, 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 when Moses got to name one of his sons, he named one of his sons Eleazar, right? Eleazar means, you know, El is a shortened form of the word Elohim, and the I at the end of L-E is the word my. So you can translate Eleazar is my God is help or God is my help. Eleazar. So here when we see that it says that, uh, the, that for Adam there was not found in Azar uh, fit for him, meant for him. Psalm 121 and 1 says, I will look, lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? Where does my Azar come from? My Azar, my help, comes from the Lord who did what? Made heaven and earth. Lift up my eyes to the hill. From where does my Azar come from? My help, my Azar comes from the Lord who did what? He made or created the heaven and the earth. So if our help comes from the Lord, it is important that we receive his help in the manner which he set forth and not according to our own personal desires or tastes. All right, well, let me say it again. I need to say it exactly that way. So if our help comes from the Lord, it is important that we receive his help in the manner which he sets forth and not according to our personal taste and desire. Well, how do you say that? Well, okay, all right, I'm going to say that. So we already have established the fact that, that Adam was created to have dominion on the earth, right? And then we have created the fact that Adam was working, correct? And then we established the fact that Adam had completed a certain amount of work, but God said that it's not good that you go at it alone, right? And then we know what happens later, that God created uh, Eve, so if God created he, Eve, and, she, and he brought her to him, when he says it's not good that he should be alone, and then God, he creates Eve, and then brings Eve to him, then the answer for him being alone, and the answer for him to having total dominion on the earth, was what? Eve. So I tell you guys, look here. If you're not married, you better marry you a nice, sturdy woman. Amen? You better marry you a woman that is willing to work. A woman that don't want to do nothing is a woman you don't want to marry. Amen? You want to marry a woman who has established in her heart that she's going to follow God, that she's there, and together with her man, that they're going to have dominion over this place. So if God gives dominion, he also established the manner in which that dominion is to be implemented. If God gives dominion, he also established the manner in which that dominion is to be implemented. Those who are dispatched by an authority are obligated to follow that authority's plan. Right? Uh, you can't go to work, right? And your boss, your manager, or director, or whoever they may be, they tell you, this is what needs to get done. You need to do this, and you need to do it this way. You don't walk up to them and tell them, I'm not doing any such thing. I will come and work for you, but you have to understand, number one, 
I can't have anybody telling me what to do. You see? Because if you tell me what to do, then that's a deal breaker. Imagine saying that to God. God says, really? So men and women, God have given you both dominion over this planet. Women are not second-class citizens, but fellow co-workers, fellow co-regents on God's earth. In essence, you are kings and queens on this place. Women, you have also been imparted dominion as well. So if all this is true, and we know it's true because it comes out of Scripture, then what do we learn out of it? What do we learn from this? Here it is. And here's, here's the point. I'm sure you got it already, but here it is. I'll make it clear. God created marriage as a team effort to fulfill his command and to have dominion over the earth as both the husband and wife work together to cultivate it. God created marriage as a team effort to fulfill his command to have dominion over the earth and as they work together, husband and wife, to cultivate it. And God had work in mind, in mind when he brought the woman to you. So guys, if you tell your, your, your wife not to work okay in, in the workforce, right, then maybe you're working at home to help to raise those kids, and that's a blessing, amen? That is also work. So I, I don't want you to get it in your mind, guys, or ladies for that matter, that, okay, so what you're saying or is what you're saying is that God wants us uh, only to find a job outside the house? Well, that may not be the case. In fact, it may even be better if uh, you can say the mother or the father stay at home with that kid for a period of time during his first few years. Amen? As a matter of fact, I would even recommend it that the man or the woman be at home with that be at home with that kid because if not when you put them out there then they're going to begin to develop the sensibilities the attitudes and the behavior of the world and then you're going to wonder why they're spitting on little Janie a little a little Jane or Jack at school right because all the other kids are doing they have not yet learned how to walk in the fullness and in obedience of God by listening to their parents so they're picking up all this mess and bringing it home and now instead of teaching them, you have to first undo before you do. So it's a blessing if someone can stay. It doesn't necessarily have to beat a mom, amen? But for a period of time, I think that it should. So if you don't like that, talk to God. Amen? So again, it shouldn't just be only the man or only the woman that does this, that, and the other. Both of you together, do you understand that you guys are a team? You are a team together created to have dominion over this place. So what happens if you fight? I just heard someone say yay, and I think it came from someone in my household, so I need... Uh, what happens if you fight, right? Well, if you fight, and you know what I mean, you know, Hopefully, not. you all pray for people in my house, would you? That threw me off now. No, man, it takes a lot to throw me off. That threw me off. That got me. 
I'm like, whoa, I'm having a hard time standing up here. And it ain't because of my knee either. Right, anyway. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Okay, uh, anyway, anyway. Anyway. Let's go on, please. Let's go on. I can't even go there. No. So, God has created you together. He's not created you to fight against each other because if you're fighting together, how can you work together as a united front in harmony to subdue and, and, and bring dominion to this world to God? If you're spending all of your time fighting, check it out. You heard last week we talked about the men, right, in the men's ministry, that oftentimes that, uh, when you're having problems with your wife, oftentimes it is a reflection of your relationship with God, and that's what's going on, right, your relationship with God, right? If you guys are constantly fighting, that means you are not on the same track with God in your relationship. You're not on track with God on your relationship. If you guys are constantly fighting, something is wrong with probably both of your relationships with God. So, you have to, you must figure that out. So, your marriage in this context achieves several things. So again, not only is it an example of Christ's relationship with his church, believers, it is also this idea of a unified front to walk in obedience to God. And if you are in Christ Jesus, that's where the fullness of it comes through. If you are in Christ Jesus, the fullness of it comes through. Okay. I heard you. Yet again, another message for married folks. And I am not married, and I'm getting sick and tired of hearing this message for married folks. And I want to second that and say, well, okay, if you are single, God has also called you to bring dominion on this earth, uh, to have dominion on this earth as well. You're not exempted. As a matter of fact, Paul would go on to say, you know, that if I had to choose for you, whether or not if you were married or whether you were single, I would say to stay single for a period of time, if that's what God calls you to, because if you're single, then you can dedicate yourself solely to the mission of God, and you don't have the dead weight, no, not the dead weight, you don't have the excess relationship connected with you in order to move first, because God knows that being married is not a dead weight, right? not dead weight. It is, it is wonderful relationship. God is good all the time. So you don't have the limitations that married folks have. So you as a single person was also created to have dominion on this earth. It's just that at this point in time, you're doing it alone. And if you're a part of the church, you're doing it within the context of the body of Christ. And for this, you can rejoice. For this, you can say that you are there as a stronger front for the support of the church and its mission. For that, you can say hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Paul says that only the joy of being single can you fully 
serve the Lord. So this idea of marriage, marriage was created by God in order to work His kingdom and His dominion agenda on the earth as well. Amen? Let's pray.